Hi, this is Mo. And this is Sarah, and you're listening to the podcast Bird Shit. We started this podcast to share our love of birding with other enthusiastic birders in the world. Mo! Holy cow, our baby bird is now officially a year old, which means it's left the nest, it's not a fledgling, it's out there living on its own. It is. It's a big grown-up bird now. It's a big grown-up bird. I imagine us... What a bird do you imagine our podcast as? <laughs> like a morning dove. I don't... Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a pigeon or something, or something that just walks really dumb and does not look cool at all. But that's us. That's us. Hey, with you. And to celebrate our one-year anniversary... Mo and I are going to play some of our favorite clips and talk about what got us into doing the podcast. About like a year and a half ago, we both realized we were super into birds randomly on our own. And then we were just like, oh, all of our conversations revolve around birds now. So Mo being the much more, I don't know how to say this. Go on. I'm curious. I feel like we were like, we should start a podcast, and then you were like, full on into starting a podcast. Like, I feel like you were like, we got this idea, and you were like, this idea is happening. Yeah, I think I was shocked at how easy it was to Google starting a podcast, and I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's start a podcast. Yeah. And we didn't really know anything about birds when we started the podcast. Oh, God, no. We I knew I liked birds, and you knew you liked birds. I mean, you probably knew more about birds. Nope. <laughs> I didn't. I think that's like the best kept secret of Birdship Podcast is like, we started a birding podcast and we actually didn't know anything about birds, but nope. we know how to research because we went to college and yeah. had to research stuff. Thanks, U of M. Hail to the birders, valiant. But I think that we've both gotten much better at birding as a concept since starting the podcast. Yes, I think so. And I think too, I don't know, I was kind of reflecting on this. I'm still very green when it comes to identifying birds. Oh, yeah. But I really don't hate it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of cool to be constantly learning still. Yeah. Or like, yeah, constantly still like referencing my field guide. I mean, like, obviously, I don't have to do it for birds I see all the time. I don't know. I think I get more excitement from not knowing than being like, oh, I identified that immediately. I'm sure it'll change. Or I'm sure it'd be harder if I was seeing new birds a lot, like when we were on Point Pele. Oh my God. That was a mess. But yes, I agree. It's really funny because during this whole quarantine situation, like my husband has started to get a little bit more into birds. And as some people may know if they follow our Instagram, so I've been super sick um, with this really rare pregnancy condition because I'm pregnant and... That's exciting for some people, but I've just been miserable and throwing up for the last 15 weeks. Anyways, all that aside, so my husband has set up his desk so that he looks out the window and he's like right next to me so he can like clean my barf bucket and stuff and whatever. So he has started looking at the birds that have been coming to our tree and every single bird, I kid you not, like every bird, he's like, Mo, there's a bird out here. It looks like a thrush. Like he (laughs) is obsessed with thrushes. He'll like start describing it. I'll be like, Sam, that's a goldfinch. Or Sam, that's a sparrow. Like, Sam, that's a cat bird. Like, none of them are thrushes, but he's so excited to see a thrush that he just, like, he's like, it looks like a thrush, but I think he, like, thinks that because, like, he loves the big beady eyes on thrushes, and, like, all birds have eyes, and most of them look like that. So I think he just gets a little confused, but it's pretty funny. That makes me very happy. Jake has started to get into birds more, but only has called me for two birds. Well, actually, two scenarios. One was the northern flicker we had in our yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, we had, like, 
17 grackles in our backyard one day, just like all in a group moving. And Jake's like, our backyard has officially been taken over by a gang. Well, your backyard's taken over by rats. Not anymore. The rats are gone. Okay, good. The rats are gone. Side note, it's super sad to see. Um, we've had two owls. Someone posted that two owls died because people are using rat pesticides. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's my education campaign via the internet and constantly posting on the Ferndale forum that, yeah, don't use rat pesticides. Use something else. Yeah, so I feel like we're infecting our little community with birds. I already told you I'm going to socially distance bird in one of my friend's backyards next weekend. I'm very excited. Despite, you know, the really shitty time you're having because you're sick and then the, you know, the world overall being in fucking quarantine. I'm glad we have birds. I'm really glad we have birds. I have noticed a lot more of my friends being way more into birds too. Like they'll text me pictures and they'll be like, hey, we saw this bird. And they'll be like this super blurry picture. And I'll be like, okay, I don't know what that is. (laughs) But thank you for thinking that I'm an expert. Like that helps. And I guess that's the other thing about, you know, the fact that our podcast is a year old now is sort of, we have this reputation that probably is larger than our actual knowledge. (laughs) Especially amongst our peers who are like, Oh, yeah, like, she has this podcast about birds, so they probably know a lot about birds. It's like, well, I still use Merlin Bird ID, like, 95% of the time, unless it's a blue jay. Yep. But that's still cool. I'm totally fine with it, and, you know, I think just from experience, we'll get better, but I don't know, I just love learning about birds. Like, I don't even have to see them right now. I'm just like, ooh, did you know birds do this? You send me those facts all the time. I know, it's so cool, though. Agreed. And to prove that birds are better than us, we're going to do a nice little recap episode this week. I'm still kind of on the mend, you know, because I don't have a baby yet, but uh, <laughs> about five months away from feeling better. <laughs> but then I'll have uh, a baby, so I, I'll be very uh, busy and dealing with being a... Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even care about that as long as I'm just not throwing up anymore. I'll take it. You're going to you're gonna go from throwing up to being thrown up on. It's cool, man. I can handle it. Okay. Okay. I've seen so much barf in the last 10 weeks that it's like, bring it on. Anyways, so we went back and we listened to some of our favorite episodes. I know we have a lot of new listeners and it, I don't know how many of those people are actually going back and listening to some of our older episodes. So we pulled out what we thought were some really quintessential <laughs> Birdship podcast moments that Sarah and I sometimes still listen to just to make ourselves laugh or we're having a bad day or sometimes our husbands quote back at us because they think we're ridiculous. So we just want to share those with everybody on this episode. So we kind of talked about our first one already, um, being at Point Pele. So this first one we have was a conversation about how to plan to go birding because this was our first birding expedition. We were driving to Point Pele, which was like, you know, two and a half hours from my house, um, but it's in Canada. The best part about this was like, we started a birding podcast and we're like, we should go on a birding trip. Oh, I know. Let's go to one of the premier birding locations during migration season and just like see what it's all about. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Let's go to this like really dense area where there's so many new birds to identify. But I think, you know, this was also us talking about like, being women and traveling and like what it's like to travel alone as women and you know that constant just like oh I've grown up watching horror movies and if you're in the woods as a woman like you're pretty much dead guaranteed so 
We yeah. hope you enjoy this clip about our planning of a trip for birding. <laughs> and we get to stay in an A-frame yurt, basically, you and me, and six bunk beds. <laughs> Wait, there are six bunk beds? They, I don't know. They, like, house colonies at this park. I don't understand. But, like, we have six bunk beds just between you and me. Maybe it's, like, six bunks? So three bunk beds? I am sleeping in a different one. I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to hang out in all of them. The problem is that whenever I'm on the top bunk, I always have to wake up in the middle of the night and go pee. But I don't know if I like being on the bottom bunk. Yeah. Okay. So here's here you got the creep factor. One, bottom bunk, like easily murdered. Just get taken out and you're on the floor. Top bunk, though, if you fall out, <laughs> you fall onto the floor and then you die. So that's like double suck. But because we have six freaking bunk beds, you can sleep on the bottom of any one of them. Dude, maybe we should bring some blow-up dolls to set up the other bunks, so that way when the murderer comes in, they won't know which one's a real body at first. That'll give us time to plan our escape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to show up at a national park with four blow-up dolls, and they're going to be like, I'm sorry, you can't stay here. Stage them outside of the A-frame when we're not there, so that way it looks like there's someone still home. Yes, with like hats and sunglasses and like lawn chairs. Yeah, and just sitting on the porch, like, having a good old freaking time. Well, obviously, chain them down so they don't blow away. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to do a really quick uh, jump on Amazon and uh, buy a couple of those bad boys. Um, That's going to screw up your Amazon algorithm so badly. So excited for what Amazon suggests to me. Do you think we should get two men and two girls, or is it an all-girls weekend? Oh, no, if it's all-girls, we're definitely a target. Oh, yeah, that's true. But if they're all men, then we look like we're sex slaves. (laughs) Six girls on a trip is very intimidating, I feel like. Especially if four of them are really tall blondes. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know I'd have to go for the the extra height blow-up dolls. I just imagine us taping all of our hands together and sitting around the fire. Okay, I'm not letting you bring tape on this trip. That's what I just decided. I'm glad that you didn't outlaw the blow-up dolls. You just said no tape. (laughs) Do you think birds would be attracted to blow-up dolls? Like, not in a sexual way, but, like, they're semi-shiny. Are blow-up dolls shiny? I don't know if I can answer that question. Do you think other birders would talk to us if I wore one in a backpack? You're going to scare all the birds away with your blow-up doll. All right, I decided the birds don't like blow-up dolls, and so you're not allowed to bring them out on the hike, and we're just going to have to stage them back at camp so that nobody hides in our A-frame tent while we're gone and then murders us once we're asleep. Okay, that's a really good point. I think we should set it up, though. Like, they're really vigilant. Like, they're reading. They're not drinking. And they're just listening to Rush Limbaugh for five hours. Oh my god, we're not bringing those kind of blow-up dolls. But no one would want to talk to them. That's the whole point. True, yes. They'll be like, screw that campsite. I'm staying far away. Yeah, they're going to be like, fuck that place. This next clip I have a hard time talking about because I honestly don't know what happened or how... We ended up on this tangent. This was our 4th of July episode, and we did a whole episode about bald eagles, which is actually pretty good. There's like some sweet bald eagle facts in there, you know, after this next segment that we're about to play. But somehow we ended up thinking about everything that America stands for, and we ended up with um, 
with a hot dog with condoms for the wings as the national symbol of America instead of the bald eagle. I think this is a good representation, too, of the non-bird stuff we talk about because it just gets really weird sometimes. And this is a perfect example I think of our sense of humor, too, because I still will say the phrase, get that hot dog a job, for no reason. I know, me too. And no one understands, but I'm always, I am always dying laughing. I think it's so funny. I know. That was, oh, all right. Well, we're just going to play the clip so you can relive this moment with us. Now, I wouldn't say I'm the most patriotic person, but I freaking want to talk about the best part of America, which is the symbol hot of dogs. the bald... Yes, hot dogs. Actually, this is now a hot dog podcast. <laughs> we only talk about hot dogs and we review hot dogs. Mo, what hot dog, <laughs> what hot dog are we reviewing this week? Uh, Vienna, Vienna all natural casings. Ooh, that sounds definitely disgusting and more like a condom brand than an actual hot dog. Yeah, all natural casings, latex free. Yeah, exactly. That's that's also what we could talk about is condoms, but as a vegetarian, I feel like I would be more qualified to talk about condoms. As just me, I'm more qualified to talk about condoms than hot dogs. What if we put condoms on hot dogs and use that as like the test of some sort? Are we testing like if a hot dog fits a Magnum condom or if it fits like a regular Trojan condom. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Just from experience, a banana is chosen for, I don't know, what do you think is better, a banana or a hot dog? I think bananas can set false expectations for ladies. <laughs> yeah, I really am expecting that curved dick to come out. <laughs> I mean, I think hot dogs, at least from like a texture standpoint, even are probably a little bit better. And a wiggly standpoint. Maybe like, okay, maybe brats. Brats might be like the middleman. But they already come with a casing. Yeah, but I'm saying like, you know, part of it is probably like you shouldn't handle raw meat in sex ed for (laughs) multiple reasons. Also, I can't imagine someone being like, I'm going to put this condom on this straight, this straight cooked hot dog. It might it might be able to like exemplify how hard it is to put condoms on sometimes though. That's true. I just don't think I think like that would set the expectation that all dicks are skinny and long and that's not true. Anyways, America. <laughs> the tangents of America. <laughs> Actually, no, I think if we're talking about America, hot dogs and condoms is a way better representation than the bald eagle. Should we just draw a hot dog with condoms as wings? <laughs> That's our new new national symbol. I feel like in today's administration, that might get passed. I don't think we should submit that. Yeah, that's true. It's probably Trump would see it on a commercial and be like, I like that hot dog. I want to hire that hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Give that hot dog a job. <laughs> I am so bad at voice impressions. Like, I'm so bad at them. I like, if you were to tell me to like do an accent, I'd be like, I'm just going to give you whatever accent is actually on the top of my tongue right now because I can't do accents at all. Dude, you sounded like the angry green giant or something. (laughs) Give that hot dog a job. (laughs) 
catchphrase for whenever I don't know what to say. I'm just going to, like, be in meetings and be like, you know what? Give that hot dog a job. Because I agree. <laughs>
and it was the most genuinely magical experience I've ever had with a raven. I mean, it was amazing. There's one of the stories about Noah from the Old Testament is before he sent the dove out, he sent out a raven to look to see if the, you know, the land had cleared anywhere, and the raven just took off. Because <laughs> he, <wasn't gonna, laughs> he was Why should I tell you? <laughs> he was like, I've been on this boat for too long. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but so to me, ravens so live up to all the the cool elements of our mythology about them that I was disappointed that they didn't figure in the books. But I figured, you know, J.K. Rowling did so much deep research. I mean, all the her character names, so much that, she, you know, was based on really deep research. But she's not a bird watcher. So, you know, she knows all these things from one kind of book and experience but at least that's all I can figure why yeah. she didn't yeah if you were to choose how to add ravens into the book series I know it's a heavy question but let's pretend like we're all writing Harry Potter right now is there an instance where you think they might fit in well or like a cool way that might they might have been able to be used I would much prefer that Hermione have a raven than Crookshanks. That would have been great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I thought, you know, she's smart. She's cool. She could have a raven even though she was in Gryffindor. <laughs> we'll let her have that. Our next clip is also one of our more goofy moments, but definitely still deals with birds. So this is from our Deadliest Birds of Death episode, and we were talking about this old story about a bunch of teenagers who tried to fuck with a cassowary, and it basically slit their throat with its razor claw. <laughs> Don't fuck with the cassowary, man. Yeah, like, dude. That's what I learned. If I had one one takeaway from the entire year we've been doing birdship podcasts, it's don't fuck with cassowaries. I honestly think that's a life motto that everyone just needs to adopt. Maybe that should be on our next t-shirt. <laughs> don't fuck with cassowaries. Birdship podcast. Woo! But Mo, being so in love with Chris Pratt as she is, mm. immediately turned this into a reference for velociraptors in Jurassic Park. And it is quite entertaining to see this mind jump where she is like, how can I relate anything to Chris Pratt? Oh, here we go. This one's dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So take a listen to this. Um, you'll hear some girl fanning for sure over mm. Chris Pratt. But enjoy the cassowary story, too. It's pretty gruesome. It's awesome. So the first bird we're going to talk about is the cassowary. And we have talked about the cassowary before after an illegally kept cassowary killed its, quote, Florida man captor. Florida man. Florida man. But the cassowary really does deserve a place at the top of this list. The cassowary belongs to the order Cassiliformes, which I'm probably saying wrong, but this order also includes the emu. And like the emu, the cassowary is a large flightless bird that can weigh up to 130 pounds, and they live Whoa. in Australia and New Guinea. There are three species of cassowary, although some experts say there are six, and each of them have different races. The largest is the common or southern cassowary, coming in at nearly five feet tall. 
It has dark, shiny plumage, two red neck wattles, and a large head plate that looks super intimidating. However, the most frightening part of the cassowary is probably its innermost of its three toes, which has a long dagger-like nail that can reach up to five inches long. Dude. Yeah. That's a raptor. That's a raptor. That's a velociraptor right there. Just see those three little toes, and then you, like, from the movie when they're clicking on the tile when they're hiding in the kitchen in the first Jurassic Park? Yeah. Okay. That's a cassowary. They actually, they they were like, we could use CGI, or we could just use a cassowary, and they used a cassowary. (laughs) Yep. They just put a little coloring on them. Yep. They're like, go to town. Now you're a dinosaur. We would be great at special effects. (laughs) We would be, be like, okay, what bird could play this legendary animal? What bird could play this dog? Um, maybe like a pheasant. Yeah, a fe- we just or a put turkey. a tail. Oh, turkey! Yeah, turkey probably could. Oh, okay. I guess it depends on what kind of dog, though. Penguins, maybe penguins are kind of. Oh, they got yeah. kind of dog-like qualities. Mm, okay. They can't play fetch though. Now that we've solved that mystery. Yeah. The other thing to note about the cassowary is you really don't want to get in a race with one because they have been clocked at running fifty kilometers an hour, which is about thirty miles an hour. Wow. So the cassowary is a super curious bird, but they don't really go around attacking humans for fun. They're far more likely to flight than fight, and far more cassowaries, unfortunately, are killed by humans than the other way around. Primarily, they are killed in car accidents. They must like hanging out by roads or something, or people drive too fast. Or it's in Australia, and they are in the back roads, and they don't have any roads, and they're just running them over. So most of the issues that come with cassowaries attacking humans are in cases where cassowaries are being held illegally in captivity, such as the case was the Florida man that we talked about earlier this year, or instances where cassowaries are soliciting food from humans. My mind blew up a little bit when I read this. So the most famous cassowary attack on humans, which is also the only confirmed death in the wild, occurred in 1926. A group of teenage boys were hunting cassowaries, bad idea, and one of the boys was killed after a cassowary, jumped on him while he was on the ground and slashed the boy's jugular vein with its long toenail. Holy fucking shit. That bird is metal. Dude, I told you, Velociraptor, he just, he like slished it out like a little knife and he was like, and then went for the jugular. And the soul of that boy came back in the form of Chris Pratt and tamed those motherfuckers. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works in my mind, at least. Chris Pratt, you're not actually you. You're a former Australian teenage boy who died at the hands of a cassowary. Sorry. <laughs> okay, oh if Chris God. Pratt is listening, hi, you can come find me in Maine now. But if Apparently Chris Pratt listens to this if you're talking to him through our podcast. You're keeping secrets from me? What? Are you keeping secrets from me? Did Chris Pratt write his fan mail and you didn't tell me about it? I couldn't tell you, Mo. It was dangerous. <laughs> It'd be dangerous to let you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he writes to us occasionally, like, on Instagram. He's like, haha, funny episode, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> He's so nice. He's so nice, yep. Just the way I envision him. Wow, that's actually crazy. I feel like hunting cassowaries is not going to be at the top of people's list after that story. I would really hope not. Hopefully it was not at the top to begin with, but move it down if you not just people. Okay, so I couldn't actually figure out which one to do. I want to do the one where your voice is the weirdest. (laughs) My voice is weird in all of these. You go off the cliff at some point because you're like, 
you're in the woods. <laughs> I know. I think that for me in our Halloween episode, like you were laughing so hard because I was trying to be scary and I don't know how to be scary. You basically were like Rose from the Titanic when she's talking about the necklace. You just got an old lady voice and you were like, the diamond was in the ocean. <laughs> I was just like, is this Jimmy Stewart as a woman? Oh my God. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was. All right, so we're going to play a clip from our Halloween episode. TBD, which one it's going to be yet. But we had a lot of fun with the Halloween episode because, one, it's the first time we really started using bird calls in the episodes to, like, try to teach people birding by ear. But also, we got to make up some weird-ass ghost stories to accompany said bird calls. I think you called me a phone sex operator at one time. Yes. And, like... Well, because, I, like you said, you don't know how to be scary, so no. your voice went from being, like, husky, I'm trying to have sex with you. That's my normal voice. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely it. To, I am an old woman who, when you open a closet door, I might be in there just talking to myself. Like, that, those are the two voices you did. <laughs> wow, I'm really polarizing. Are they the same voice? I don't know. <laughs> Do they belong to the same woman? Hmm, yes. They might. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, I was like, let's do scary stories associated with these bird calls. And I I love you, though, because you got so into it. And I tried really hard, but it was very hard to go after you and tell a story when I was just laughing the entire time. I know. Well, anyways, I thought the Halloween episode, it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. We also did tell, like, some pretty interesting, cool, like, folklore about birds, too. Like, how if you put a rooster in a boat, you'll find the dead body when it, like, crows in the lake. Yeah, dude, there was some weird worldwide bird omen stuff, too. Agreed. That was some weird stuff. But I'd say overall, like, I don't like scary, but it was cool for us to, like, get outside of our normal bird shit box, I guess, like, to kind of, like, break our own mold and get a little weirder than we already are, I guess. Anyway, so here is one of our spooky ghost stories. (laughs) Was that, was that more phone sex or old woman in closet that was more like like when you are in a, a living room and you don't notice someone's lying down on the couch and then they start talking to you that was uh, more yeah. of that yeah i have been laying down on the couch a lot so maybe i'm just channeling my normal modus operandi gonna hit us with our final one i got a good scene setting for this one you and your friends are walking in the abandoned electrical plant you Hear nothing except the sounds of your own footsteps. It's dark, but you have your flashlights lighting the way. All of a sudden, your flashlights flicker, and the batteries die, and you hear this sound. It's just like so rhythmic. Like it's so rhythmic and consistent and it sounds like a buzzing alarm clock. Yeah, and I think it sounds like electric shock. Like when you've ever heard something like do a quick electric shock, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, like you're strapped to an electric chair. Oh, I should redo my story. That's way scarier. Dude, no, I think it's perfect. Maybe I just like making up scary stories, but I don't want anyone to tell me a scary story because then I'll start crying. But you are good at being scary. Thanks. (laughs) It comes naturally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that bird was the corncrake. 
The Corn Creek is a super secretive inhabitant of grasslands, meadows, and hayfields, mainly in wild areas, not so much in urban areas. Found in Europe, but it does migrate to Africa as well, and you can also find it in parts of Western Asia. It is super secretive, so it's really hard to find it. It's a ground bird. It kind of looks like some kind of like quail or something like that, I guess, from like a overall structure standpoint. And I actually had read this article a few years ago, a corn crake showed up in New York. What? Yeah, like it migrated the wrong way. And it brought out like tons of birders from all over the country to come and see this corn crake that like ended up in New York. Like it was, I mean, that's a life of bird for pretty much anyone, at least in North America. I don't think they had really had one ever show up here before. So it was like super, super rare. And I guess that that particular bird too, like did not give a fuck. And it was super animated and active and like, didn't seem to care that like, you know, hundreds of people were scoping it out and looking at it. Little did we know it was just the one corn crank that wanted some attention. It was like, fuck y'all. I'm going where I'm appreciated. (laughs) I'm going to find my people. Yeah, he found him. So there you have it. That's it. That's the best of the last year. Wow. (laughs) That's what we're giving you. (laughs) Take it or leave it. But please don't leave it. Please don't leave it. Take it. No, please don't leave it. Stay forever. Stay. Stay with us. You should stay because we do have some cool stuff coming up this year. Once, you know, I'm not bedridden and everything. But we do have some really cool stuff that we're planning for 2020, which is already, it's already like halfway over. Yep. But we got some stuff planned and we'll give you, we'll keep you posted on details. Mo and I did want to thank all of our listeners and just the birding community in general. I don't think I would have realized what a amazing community this is had I not gotten into birding, obviously, but it's just such open and inquisitive community. It is a lot of fun to be a part of. So we just wanted to thank everyone for hanging out with us for a year. And if you're new to the podcast, we hope you stick around and learn more about birds alongside us since we never claim to be experts. Nope. If you were an expert at anything in your life, what would it be? Some things I can't say on the podcast. Not even this podcast. Whoa. (laughs) I would say I am an expert at candy. Yeah, you're a candy expert 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are a... I would... No, I would even give you a boy band expert. I mean, you know more than... Like, you've got the Jonas Brothers... I still don't know the difference between any of the Jonas Brothers. Sam's much better at that. Okay. I take that back then. It's just One Direction. It's just One Direction. I know what it is. I'm an expert in karaoke. Ooh. Because I think karaoke is like 90% energy and like 10% singing. But I feel like I always know the right karaoke song for an environment. So you could be an expert at reading crowds. Karaoke crowds. Ooh. Karaoke crowd reading expert. That sounds very professional, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think we're bringing a lot of skill sets to the table here. Yeah, I think so. I think it's very relevant for Birdship Podcast, too. I mean, if we added a section where you sang songs about birds and I reviewed candy, I think that would cover all of our skills. (laughs) So, whether you're an expert or you're naive to the bird world like us, thanks for listening. Even though we're a year older, you can still find us in all the same places. You can send us an email at hellobirdshit at gmail.com. You can always find us on Instagram at birdshitpodcast, or we're also on the tweet, tweet, Twitter. 
at birdshitpod. So find us, hook up with us. Wow, that sounded bad, but... (laughs) No, please do. Yeah, hmm, come be our friend. And we hope to hear from you soon. Until then, keep your eyes to the skies.